Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Women's Soccer Coaching Podcast with me, Steph Erdman. This is the second time I'm speaking to Matt Ross, assistant coach of the Republic of Korea women's team. As part of a series of interviews we're doing when Matt is at the Women's World Cup with the team. This time, it's the day after their 2-0 defeat to Colombia. I caught up with Matt to find out what that was like, his thoughts on the game, and how they're quickly turning their attention to their next opponents. Thank you so much for doing this again. First of all, how are you feeling? How are your energy levels? Yeah, where are you at today? Today, surprisingly good. We um obviously very disappointed with yesterday's result and the performance. It really really feel like we let ourselves down. We wanted to show the world what we were capable of and we really didn't do that. So um after the match we were straight back to the hotel and had a really long and honest um team meeting. And we made a pact as a team that we would we would wake up today and, and just be focused on Morocco for on Sunday. So we had a recovery session and uh, the mood was good. And as a coach, it was important to, to put on a, a brave face and um, to hide our obvious disappointment. But uh, so actually today feeling good. We've just thrown everything into analyzing Morocco, preparing us physically and mentally for, for Sunday's game. So yeah, the fortunate thing about tournament football is you, you don't have time to, to mourn these kind of uh, days and you just have to get on with it. So feeling good. It was a 2-0 loss to Colombia. Um, I suppose as a coach, when you're in that moment and you maybe feel like it's not going so well and you're watching the game, what was the process for you as a coaching team there in terms of dealing with that and trying to change things and ultimately change the game? Yeah, trying to um, do whatever was possible to, to help the players. Um, tactically, we felt we had, a, we had a good plan to start the game. We were trying to man-mark Ramirez, who's just a an absolutely outstanding talent, um, which we felt worked okay. We had a really, we felt that the start was good. So the first 15, 20 minutes, we were definitely in the game, had a few chances off target. Uh, and then as it started, obviously when a goal goes in, you can see the penalty. Um, we know that mentally we, we took a hit there. We, we really knocked the air out of our, our sails. Um, so you're just looking to, to try and be positive on the sideline and try and encourage them to, to keep going, keep believing in the plan. But I think that, uh, that second goal, the, also the way that it happened, sort of a, an obvious individual error from the goalkeeper. Um, uh, we just needed to get them in at halftime and then try to settle everybody down and, and make a few changes, either tactically or personnel. So we went into, um, the, you know, four three three to try to take the game a little bit more to the Colombian. So we make tactical changes, and then later in the game, some personnel changes to bring on some fresh legs. Um, but it was one of those days where you felt whatever we whatever we did um, just wasn't going to work, and it proved proved correct. Two nil. Colombia looked comfortable in the second half. We didn't really threaten. So as a coach, you then look at it and say, okay. What we tried today didn't didn't come off, and we we start with a clean slate for for the Moroccan game on Sunday. I'm going to ask you about the Morocco game in a second, but just before that, so Casey Fan came on as a substitute in the second half of the game. She's the youngest player to ever play a Women's World Cup. From a coach's perspective, 
what was that like? How do you go about preparing a player for a moment like that? Um, we've we've worked really hard with Casey to and and our and our team behind the team, the media and, and the marketing people that we wanted to protect her as much as possible. So we've we've put a effectively a media ban on her because she is so young and everyone does want their five minutes with her to see how she's feeling and what's going on. But from a coaching perspective, um so on one hand, it was it was um, it was deserved that she got some minutes because she's been training really well. Um, so it was good that that she could break that record and 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 get on the pitch and show a little bit what what she can do. Um, so for her, it was um, for her and her family, and uh, I'm sure it was a fantastically. They were proud of her and and what she's done in such such a short amount of time. Um, and but for us, it's more important that she. We talk about humility and keeping her feet on the ground. That she keeps working hard. She's still got a lot to learn, but this was a a great starting point for her, and obviously a brilliant experience. As she was going on the pitch, I just said, "Look, just go for it. We're two 0 down. Come on, dribble at players. Both the fullbacks had had yellow cards, so I said, don't be afraid just to go one v one against them. Um, if you get half a chance or half a yard, take a shot. I said, follow everything in. Be brave." I said, you've got nothing to lose. And most of all, just enjoy the experience. So she definitely did enjoy it. Um, and she could be knocking on the door for a starting position on Sunday. So um, it's exciting. It's exciting for Korea. And it also sets down a marker for other younger players in Korea that if you've got the ability, you, you will get a chance. Traditionally, Korea works off a hierarchy where older players are favored over younger players, but the uh, with Colin Bell coming in as a head coach, he's really pushed that it's it's a meritocracy. It's it's a it's performance based, and Casey's performances so far have um, have been the reason why she's played in a World Cup at such a young age. I think, like you say, it's it's incredibly exciting. So, if we do look at that game, that Morocco game, you said you've reset the mindset. You focus on Morocco. What are some of the ways you go about doing that with your team, picking them back up and getting them focused on the next one? Well, we, uh, we're very fortunate in the sense that um, our players bounce back very quickly. And for I know initially coming into this team, it was, it was off-putting. Coming from other cultures and other teams, there could be two or three or four days where you really have to work hard to bring the mood back up. Lots of individual talks to get players' confidence up or get over the disappointment or analyze. Um, but the Korean girls, even by last night, um, in the do- in the restaurant, you wouldn't have known we'd just lost a World Cup over the 2-0. Training this morning, I took the recovery group while the the players, uh, the fresh players did a did a harder session. And the group I had, the 10 starting players, mood was great. They were bubbly. They were happy. They were obviously a little bit, little bit sore, a little bit tired. But uh, that's not not our issue to to get them refocused and and in a good mood to prepare for the next game. It's um, yeah, we have we have different different issues that maybe they they suffer a little bit from the nerves. Um, a few of them said that after the game that they the way that the, the league in Korea, the media exposure, the attendances, the actual the environment around the league is is so low key that now to come out in front of nearly twenty five thousand 
and a few million people watching on TV, they, they really felt nervous, um, and a little bit overawed by the occasion to, to maintain their concentration and, and ability levels for, um, for the full time of the, the game. So Morocco, I think, uh, will make a few changes. I think that's necessary to give some other players a chance, um, to show what they can do on the world stage. And I have no doubt that the mentality and the, and the mood will be, will be great by Sunday. And in terms of those nerves, I'm sure going through one game has helped to really process that and work through some of that. But what are some of the other things you and the coaches will be doing to try to help the players with that for the second game? We, we, um, we could have given a rest day tomorrow, but we've decided to, to do a tactical session. So um, just to get them more comfortable with, with some differences we'll need to make to deal with Morocco's um, key players. They have some, some really exciting attacking players, some wide players and some certain patterns that they tend to go for. So we'll make sure that the players feel comfortable. The new players coming in can know from tomorrow that, that they'll start. Um, and tactically, they'll have a really clear uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where three days they'll know coming in, this is what we want to do. This is how we want to do it. And, and, and I'll be playing. So we want them to feel as comfortable with what they're doing, that they can, any nerves that come, hopefully it's much less than what we had yesterday that they can, they can put on a really uh, strong performance because it's a, it's a must win game for us. And just in a bit more detail then, what does that training schedule look like over the next few days? Uh, so tomorrow in the morning, we will, again, we'll work, we'll work on our tactical, our tactical setup. So the 11, it will be a change of system. Um, I won't give away what that will be just yet, but, um, we'll, we'll look at changing that system to put put our key players in certain places that can hopefully hurt the Moroccans. Um, so tomorrow will be very short, perhaps 45, 50 minutes. Uh, like I say, some, some days like a match day plus two could be a rest day, but we felt as a coaching staff that, um, we needed just to get them on the pitch and just to keep them moving. We've had issues in the past where after a, a day off, that next session has been really difficult to get them started again. So we felt if we just kept them in the routine of training in the morning, 10.30 till quarter past 11 and the rest of the day, they can mentally and physically regenerate. Um, and then Friday, another, maybe a slightly higher intensity session where we, um, just get a bit more speed and intensity into the training, but still largely around tactics, perhaps how we're going to build up, um, and then Saturday, a little bit of the defensive organization, how we like to defend against their four four two, and and they and they they've got a, an excellent striker up the top and a, a really good left sided midfielder that's quite dangerous cutting inside or going down the line, and and lots just little finishing exercises um, that we get that feel for putting the ball in the net because that's what we want to do on Sunday. Final question then, Matt, before I let you go and, and get some rest. Um, what about your time? What are you doing when you aren't with the players? Is there a lot of, you know, coach meetings? Is there a lot of downtime? What's it like for you as a coach there? We, we do a lot individually. So I've been watching, I've got the notebook full of my notes on Morocco from the last six months and each, each coach and the video analyst and the head coach will all have their thoughts and ideas. We've got our technical director here and then tomorrow in the afternoon, we'll have a, a, a very um, 
open forum where we'll just put our opinions across our ideas. This is where we think we can hurt uh, Morocco. Um, we'll all come with a few clips and a few, um, a few concepts, a few uh, different formations. So we, we really pull all that together and give the head coach the option, you know, to, to pick the best idea. He's very, um, very good that way that it's not about whose idea it is. It's, it's the best idea that can help us win. Um, but apart from that, uh, as a coaching staff, we're all in the, we're all in the gym every day. So we use the downtime to stay healthy physically and mentally. And a lot of us, we have our own little things that we do. Um, I'm fortunate that my parents have come down They They're about two hours away. Um, my hometown is not far from Sydney. So I, my downtime has been having a, having a coffee with my parents, which is a real, uh, just a beautiful thing there that, uh, I don't get to see them very often, obviously living in, in Korea and I've lived in other countries overseas. So to have that quality time with them, um, uh, has been really special. So we all have our, our strategies to be refreshed for match day. Um, so it's, uh, it's a nice balance. Club football is much different where you're really on, um, most of the time, but international football, you do your intense work, but there is lots of downtime too. 